I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LeBoy, Cam Berry, and Tom Peavy on this Wednesday. We hope that you're doing well. What we want to do right now is go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a weekly guest, a good friend of the program. It's our pal Joe Bartle from Rotowire, kind enough to join us here on the show today. Joe, the time as always is greatly appreciated. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. We are in the process of moving uh, our place after five years of living there. So you can imagine how much stuff just gets <laughs> accumulated. So I'm out of breath, tired, and ready to be done with this. But happy to talk with you guys. This will be good, uh, a break between everything else. Yeah, no doubt about that. Let's talk a little football then. This should be a, a nice break for you to uh, talk about something that we love so much. And, and that is fantasy football, the sport in general. And John, I'm curious. We didn't get a chance to talk about this as the season got up and running, but let's bring things here local, close to uh, the Auburn area. Our closest NFL team, as you well know, is the Atlanta Falcons. When you look at the Falcons week to week so far this season, who are the best plays in the fantasy football world for that team? Yeah, I think a lot of people had really misconceptions about the Falcons, and I think through three weeks we've we've kind of figured it out, right, or at least. Uh, the idea of the Falcons being one of the worst teams in the league is not really the correct answer anymore. It's more like they're a competitive team, kind of like the Lions in some sense, but without the HBO press. Uh, that can be pretty good, uh, pretty good offense, not great defense, and have guys offensively that you want to have you watch most weeks. For me, it was Kyle Pitts. I think of my 15 teams this year, I had uh, six or seven shares of Kyle Pitts, every single one of them was redraft leagues where I was I was actively making the choice to take Kyle Pitts in the third round. Now, he hasn't really lived up to that billing. Uh, honestly, he's probably one of my more disappointing picks thus far. But he is going to be a guy I really believe that will benefit as the season progresses, provided Arthur Smith chooses to use him like a talented uh, generational tight end like he is, not like a blocker like we were having uh, the issue with two weeks ago. So Drake Lund is another guy, too, who I, I was all in with. The only issue was... I loved Christian Kirk now and Lazard. We're both playing on like six or seven times, too. Um, so I have a decent amount of shares of Drake Lemon, not as many as I wish I could have, because he has clearly proven himself to be one of the best wide receivers of this class, along with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I mean, there are some really good rookie receivers. So to have Drake Lemon among that group, I think, is, is fantastic. Uh, and then, obviously, Cordell Patterson, um, I think, has surprised some, not me. I was taking him in that eighth rounder later. Uh, they were surprised that he was able to do what he's been able to do from last year. The fact that we've been able to replicate that kind of performance has been great. So the Falcons offensively have a lot of guys, I think from a fantasy perspective, can start most weeks. I know Kyle Pitskin has been disappointing, but I believe that will change uh, as the season progresses. Talking with Joe Bartle here from Rotowire about the fantasy football world and talking about good starts to have three weeks now in the books here in the National Football League. And as you continue to look through that NFC South division, the Saints, a team that a lot of people have been a little disappointed in their start to the year. What do you make of the Saints' performance as a team? And then maybe some individual guys. I know Alave, the rookie wide receivers we've talked about, uh, definitely been pretty solid. But talk about the Saints for us. Yeah, I liked Alave a lot. He was, quite frankly, the only offensive guy that I was really trusting um, to draft this year. And, like, Jameis Winston was fine. You were getting him around 14 later. 
as your QB2, that was okay for me. I, I completely understood it. I, I had felt Kamara and in the in the second round, third round value never made sense because Drew Brees is not the quarterback and Sean Payton is not the coordinator. And then Michael Thomas, I liked a lot, and I kind of warmed up towards the end of the preseason, but you were still talking about a fifth-round value for a guy that you had to see after two and a half years of not playing uh, or doing anything. You didn't really see it. I mean, there's a lot of trust to put into it. Jarvis Landry, I figured, would cut into Mark, uh, Michael Thomas's workload. And after week one, that didn't look like that was the case. All three of them ended up doing just fine. I guess Lave was the, the lone exception. But with Winston struggling with the injury and Kamara dealing with his own thing, it's been tough. I, I do not think the Saints were a playoff team, or if anything, they were the, the fake playoff team, I always call it. That, that seventh, seventh seed that nobody wanted at all in the NFL chose to give it to us anyway. That's, that's the fake seed. So uh, I, I really feel like the Saints are more like a 7-10 and 10 team than a 9-8 team or 10-7 team. But we'll have to see as the season progresses. Joe, I need some advice, man. Um, it, uh, so, so this year I kind of went all in on Javante Williams. Um, I kind of felt like, you know, with adding Russ to the, to the Broncos, I thought that would be a really good move. I figured he'd be the unquestioned RB one. Uh, but it seems through three weeks that, uh, he's splitting his touches with, uh, Melvin Gordon, not getting a lot of, not a goal line touches. Uh, so I picked up James Robinson, um, and he seems like the unquestioned lead back. Uh, so this year, this week, I'm just kind of struggling if I should start who who I should start going in. Um, Javante is just, you know, not getting a lot of production. And James Robinson seems like he's the unquestioned uh, RB1. So so who do you think I should go with? Is this a PPR league or a this, standard scoring P- PPR. Okay, so I, I think that's important. Um, the Eagles defense, for what it's worth, is actually bottom third in the NFL in terms of long points to fantasy running backs. I would have thought that would actually be better. I, like, I think the Eagles defense... He's one of the best in the league, but their strength probably lies more in the secondary until Jordan Davis really develops into the monster that I think he could be. So uh, James Robinson is a perfectly fine play. I think we probably have him in the top 15 uh, overall, which is great. I actually think Javante Williams can be fine, though, too. And a lot of it depends on can the Broncos write this offense right now because it's, it's Russell Wilson that I think is struggling. Javante Williams was going to have value in week one because he got targeted 11 times, and I thought, boy, if that's how it's going to look like, and Melvin Gordon gets the carries, Williams gets the targets, fine. I mean, like you're going to be more than happy with that value from that, uh, from that perspective where you're drafting him. But since that point, he has just four catches. The 15 carries across both those games are just four catches. It is the Raiders, though, this week, and I do think that the Broncos' offense will be better. The Raiders are 23rd in terms of uh, fancy points, a lot of uh, running backs. So I actually think Javante Williams might play this week, but James Robinson, most weeks, you probably, I would be surprised if he didn't, uh, would be able to start both those guys and maybe the guy that you have at RB1 at the moment might be some good sub out or as a flex. That would be uh, my consideration. And I actually wanted to ask you about those Raiders, Joe, because they're obviously one of just a couple of teams that is 0-3, and they're not a team that I think many thought would start 0-3. Um, how does that change your view of, of their fancy guys? Because they've got a lot of great skill guys that people would love to have between Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and yet Mac Hollins is who leads them in receiving yards through three years. So kind of assess the situation going on with Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. That's one of my more disappointing teams at the moment at 0-3. They've had a hard schedule. It's not like it's just been easy layups overall. I would have thought the Raiders would beat the Titans. That was a surprising uh, effort to me. Uh, and the Cardinals, I mean, they, they had that win in the bag and then just kind of let it unravel. So this is it's, – it's a very difficult – projection to say the Raiders will turn around because they have all the key pieces on offense and defense. 
I just think they are a better team than what we've seen thus far, at least from a record perspective. They certainly are better. It doesn't get much easier, though. Like They should have gotten at least one, if not two, of those wins against the Cardinals and Titans to get the Broncos this week, Chiefs next week. After the bye, week six, then maybe things turn around with the Texans, Saints, Jaguars, Colts. That four-game stretch, I think you could probably say that's at least two wins or three wins for the Jaguars. I don't know. I, I'm not um, buying the Matt Collins hype. I think that's going to be a one, uh, one-week fluke. The Broncos secondary is one of the best in the league, and in fact, they allow the fewest points to fantasy wide receivers. So if anyone you're trusting, it's Devontae Adams overall, and I think he's the guy that I would be more comfortable with. It's Josh Jacobs that gets to be a little bit difficult because you're not like, oh, I can't wait to start Josh Jacobs, but he has gotten close to 100 uh, total yards in each of the past three games. He just can't score the touchdown. That's the only issue at the moment. He had five red zone carries, uh, at least within the 20 yards, against the Titans, uh, nine total. But he should be able to punch it in at some point. We just haven't seen it yet. I think that's the issue. But this is going to be a tough match. Vegas says uh, to the one of the lowest scoring ones at 45.5 over under. That makes me a little bit concerned from the Raiders' perspective if you were starting uh, Josh Jacobs' Narby, too. We're talking with Joe Bartle here on Sports Call discussing fantasy football. Uh, Joe, here's a question for you, and, and this is kind of a, a another kind of, I guess, advice question or also maybe how you operate some of your teams. But at what point in the season or how many weeks in – do you decide, or for any fantasy guys out there, decide that you need to make some changes to the roster? You got a guy, let's say that that you had penciled or you had in as a starter, just not getting it done, and it's time to either move to the bench or just completely get rid of to maybe get somebody else hot in. How many weeks into the season do you typically wait before you just kind of say, you know what, got to change the lineup? This ain't working. Uh, I tend to go quarter by quarter, so four games, eight games, twelve games, okay. you know, sixteen games at that point. So this is the point this this week where right. I'll really have to make some assessments. And case in point, uh, I overreacted to Robert Woods in Week One, not being a part of the Titans' offense whatsoever. I dropped him just went everywhere. And, and okay, you're like whatever, Joe doesn't matter. Robert Woods is your large receiver five, and yes, he was. But I thought that's a roster spot. I want to turn over as much as possible, make sure I have the best guys. Well, it turns out Robert Woods actually is a factor in the offense, and the Titans will pass more. It was so weird week one, and I think you could look across the league in week one and say, oh, yeah, there was a lot of abnormalities overall. Like, you think about the Packers, more their performance ones against the Vikings, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Like, there's, there's a lot of instances where you can wipe out this one-game sample, but across a three-game sample, I think you get more data, uh, more situations that have come up that maybe you couldn't have prepared for or understood how the offense and the team would operate. And that's why, by game four, I'm really trying to make adjustments. Now, the issue is maybe you're on four. Like, if you're on four, you're more or less dead in the water. There's not much you can do from a fantasy perspective. But in most situations, two and one, one and two entering this week, there's opportunities for you to make a move uh, and, and really assess your roster for what's to come. And so I, that's kind of how I operate. Joe, what are you thinking with uh, the running backs at the top? I know we've, we've talked about Sa- Saquon Barkley before, and he still seems energized. Uh, we've always had Christian McCaffrey towards the top because of what he can do out of the backfield. Just kind of how are you power ranking these top four or five running backs, what you've seen so far, and if there's anything you're wary of of the guys that did ultimately go uh, very high in that first round for running backs? Yeah, I think of the first-round running backs, the only one that's within the top 10 from a fantasy point scoring perspective is Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor's 10. Like, I have Jonathan Taylor in a few weeks. I'm certainly not happy with him, given what I, what I took him in the one overall. You know, like it's, it's not what you'd be expecting, but yet he is the number 10 overall in fantasy points. 
it's to say that this has kind of been a crazy season to start. Like Edward Solaire and Cordero Patterson uh, are, are near the top of the overall fantasy standings at the moment. And you still have some guys that need to get healthy, too, like DeAndre Swift and Dalvin Cook, depending on what their stats will be this week. I think it makes a difference. Nick Chubb was a little bit just outside the top uh, 10 drafted running backs, but is certainly, I think he is the top overall fantasy scorer, even in uh, PPR leagues, which is kind of crazy to think about. I'm not concerned um, about Christian McCaffrey's workload. I think by the end of the year, provided he stays healthy, you're going to be willing to have to draft him where he did. It's the Saquon Barkley. I, I just was not convinced Saquon Barkley was going to be a thing this year. And I've been absolutely wrong those five for the first three weeks. I don't know what I would sell him for, like in terms of selling high, but I would consider it. I think it's it's certainly possible that there's an offer out there because if you are somebody who has Jonathan Taylor uh, or maybe a Delvin Cook plus something, I would really consider that and try to take advantage of the guys that we thought, for the most part, were pretty locked in. Or like you know, think about wide receiver Jamar Chase has been a little bit disappointing. Justin Jefferson's a uh, one bad week. Maybe you could capitalize on those positions, which are even more guaranteed and automatic running right back, uh, to be able to, to move up to the ladder a little bit and get some more depth at wide receiver. I'm not sure what the right answer is for trading Saquon Barkley, but I would certainly consider it more than uh, more than most of these other top-scoring guys. Joe Bartle is our guest here on Sports Call today. Follow him on Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports. He'll answer all of your fantasy questions by sending him a tweet, again, with RotoWire. Follow them on Twitter as well at RotoWire. Your podcast this week, Joe, what were some of the topics that we talked about and what should people be on the lookout for coming from you? Yeah, waiver wire pickups, that's been our key every every week. We do it every Tuesday, so getting you set for week four. The top guys were Jamal Williams and Khalil Herbert, who are both rostered in over 50% of the Yahoo leagues. So that doesn't really meet our threshold. We try at least target people who are uh, under the radar from a waiver perspective. But what happens if Jamal Williams and Khalil Herbert are rostered and you need them? You have DeAndre Swift or Dave Montgomery. What do you trade for? Uh, what do you go ahead and uh, give up? Like, What would be a deal that you'd be happy to take if you did have Herbert or Jamal Williams? I think that was a, a pretty heavy conversation for us. And then there's a bit of Packers conversation, as there always feels like there must be every week. But Romeo Dobbs, I think, is one of the top waiver wire pickups. He's only rostered in 25% of Yahoo leagues. To me, I was convinced that was his coming out party, especially with Sammy Watkins up for the next four weeks. There is room for both Alan Lazard and Romeo Dobbs to be a thing. Uh, no matter if Christian Watson's healthy or not, I think Romeo Dobbs can be a wider to three or flex play for you most weeks. And I need to see it to believe it. Well, I'm ready to believe it now. So that was kind of our, our big focus on the podcast. Uh, every Friday, I have Sirius XM from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Channel 88. We go through every week, uh, week game preview and uh, discuss the fantasy implications. I try to throw some prop bets in there, too, because I've been having fun doing that thus far. But, uh, yeah, uh, plenty of other media stuff going on throughout the week, as there always is. But certainly feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports, and I'll be happy to answer as many questions as I can. Absolutely love it. Joe, thanks so much for the time. Get back to moving. Hopefully this was a well-deserved break and enjoyable for you, and we'll talk again next week, okay? All right. Sounds good. Thank you, guys.